You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Steven Simcox here with you. And it is Wednesday, January. No, it's not. It's Tuesday, January 26th. I'm recording this on Monday, January 25th. And I appreciate you joining me on an edition of Locked on Horn Frogs. Um, we'll cover some TCU basketball in segment number two today. In segment three, we'll uh, talk about the transfer portal. And I didn't really expect to kind of go down this rabbit hole, but we got some breaking news on the football front as I sat down to record this. So we're going to talk some about the transfer portal in segment one, but I'm going to keep it very TCU-centric here in segment one and just sort of let you know um, which player is headed in the portal and how it might affect the roster. And then in segment three, though, I want to discuss just what this means for uh, for college football in general because we are seeing a, a pretty amazing amount of players um, taking the leap and at least exploring their options going into next season on where they could end up and then end up in a new place. But let's cover uh, some ground here in segment number one, and it revolves – around the TCU offensive line. Uh, got the news today that Austin Myers has entered the transfer portal. Uh, Myers is a fifth-year senior. He made um, 32 appearances or appeared in 32 games in his career so far, and he started in five games this past season. Uh, he started three games at left tackle and then moved to right guard for the final three games that he appeared in. So he had some position flexibility, which was big. And Myers now joins T.J. Stormett as a, a guy that started at the tackle position last season and will be headed to the portal. He's one of four offensive linemen on last year's roster that are in the portal. Kelton Hollins, who played center and guard. T.J. Stormett played tackle. Um, Myers, who played tackle and guard. And then Quazel White, who was an interior lineman. And, again, it's just another loss. Now, you know, Myers was sort of on the fence. According to Jeremy Clark, who does a great job, reporting and I encourage you to get a subscription to 247 Sports if you can. Um, He said earlier this week that, or I guess it was this last week, that Myers was going to stay through the spring semester and was going to go through practice and sort of evaluate where he was on the depth chart and then would make a decision as to what he was going to do regarding next season. But I guess he changed his mind. He's going in the portal. One thing to note here is you can enter the transfer portal and still come back to school. So you could go on the transfer portal and basically find out over the course of a few months, hey, nobody really wants me. Um, maybe I'll just stay where I'm at. And you don't have to ask permission from the staff to enter the transfer portal. So I don't know how um, Myers went about this. I don't know if he talked to the coaches or not, but he didn't necessarily have to talk to the coaches before he made this decision. Knowing Gary just a little bit, I mean, like, Obviously, it really depends on how good the player is and how much you need him. But Gary strikes me as the kind of guy that would sort of be like, hey, if you're on the fence about this, then you should just go ahead and go uh, because we don't really want somebody who's going to be halfway committed to the program. But I don't know that for sure. Um, You know, Myers along with Stormont, here's the frustrating thing. I don't know if either of these guys were going to be starters going into the season. There's going to be some competition there. But at offensive line, you always need depth. Like, you just constantly have to have guys that can go because no – 
I mean, there's no position on the team that gets beat up like offensive linemen do. Just the physicality of that spot, you know, the physicality of getting hit on every single play leads to injuries. And they had a ton of injuries last year and were constantly shuffling things around. And that's part of the reason that they struggled so much. Offensive lines, you have to have talent, but you also have to have cohesion because that position, more than any other on the field, everybody has to work together as one unit. If if guys aren't, you know, making the right reads, making the right steps, blocking the right people, then it just causes utter chaos. And communication and understanding, you know, how to move protections and who to pick up if they run a twist stunt or if they bring a blitz and gap responsibility and, you know, who's lined up in front of you and getting to the second level. All of these things are, are huge when it comes to offensive line play, and all of it comes back to continuity and cohesion and five guys working at one. So it hurts because, one, you're, you're hitting your depth, and then, two, Stormont and Myers are two guys that have been around for a long time. I mean, Myers has been in the program for five years now. Stormont's bounced around the country from different college to different college, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised that he's once again kind of testing the waters and seeing what his options are. But he's another player that was going to be a a fifth-year senior going into this season. So he's played a lot of college football, and that was a big bonus as well. Now, I still think this offensive line group could have success. But with some of these players leaving, I have a lot more questions right now than I did about a month ago, Um, especially when uh, Abina Ezzi transferred in from Memphis. I was over the moon because I felt like you had a player like that, you have depth behind him, you have a lot of veterans, that this O-line group was going to have a chance to be really, really good. I'm more hesitant now just because – you're mixing and matching a lot at this point. I, I can't tell you today who the five offensive linemen are going to be. I mean, I think, you know, um, Steve Avila is, is going to be starting for sure. I think Ezzy will probably definitely start now at this point with uh, Myers and Stormont transferring. Garrett Hayes has an opportunity. Blake Hickey has an opportunity. But I can't call it right now this minute. And that's kind of concerning because I felt like going into the year – or going into fall practice and spring ball, we'd have a pretty good idea of who those five guys are. Now, maybe the coaching staff does. And if they do, then that's really all that matters. But I I just hope this is a position group that gets to work together and gets a pretty good idea of who the five best, uh, you know, players are going into the season and can build and develop together all season long. There's still talent there, but another hit to their depth as Austin Myers enters the transfer portal. Coming up next, we'll talk some TCU basketball. Before we do that, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Lee Sterling there at betonline.ag. He does a great job. He actually does a podcast with my coworker Q every single day called Locked on Bets. So that's a good resource if you want to know more about the betting process. But if you want to know the latest lines, Super Bowl coming up in a few weeks, you want to make some money on that big game or college basketball throughout the season. When college football starts up here in the fall, betonline.ag is your place to be. They'll give you great advice. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON when you join, you can get a 50% uh, 
basically a signing bonus, a startup bonus. Get a little bonus from betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. They also have the latest sports news. It's your one-stop shop for all things gambling and sports-related. Betonline.ag. Back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you on a Tuesday edition of the show, and let's talk some TCU basketball. Saw a tweet from the TCU men today that they are back in action on the floor. Mike Miles was saying, hey, we're playing some games this week, so get excited, which is good news. Um, you know, I saw Kevin Samuel out there practicing. R.J. Nimhard was doing some drills. So the team is back on the court, and they're getting ready to play Kansas on Thursday, which should be a fun one. But first in this segment, I want to talk about the TCU women because they play tonight against number seven Baylor on the road in the Farrell Center. The Frogs have won two of their last three. They're playing better. They're coming off a victory against Texas Tech. A nice come-from-behind victory. Fell behind by double digits early in that game. They're able to rally and uh, cut it to a four-point lead before halftime and then came on strong in the second half and got a victory. Asia Holmes with a huge game off the bench scoring. She was a big factor in that one. And uh, obviously, I mean, we know who the Baylor Lady Bears are. They are the the class of the conference. They're very, very good. They are sitting at seventh right now. This is not your typical – Baylor team, they've lost a couple games, but they still have a lot of talent. They don't have Lauren Cox, who was a you know a player of the year type player and had been there for a long time. Um, they don't have Taya Cooper, who they had last year, who was a great scorer. But they do have some really good players in Dee Dee Richards and Moonerson and Alyssa Smith. They also added a couple transfers in DJ Carrington and Jaden Owens. Owens was not eligible the first time these two teams played. But I want you to hear from uh, Kim Mulkey. Uh, Kim Mulkey, the longtime coach of the Lady Bears, and she had a media session on Monday. She was talking about tonight's game. And she praised TCU um, for what they've done as of late. She praised Lauren Hurd and kind of gave a rundown of who the Frogs are. Here's Kim Mulkey talking about that TCU-Baylor game on Monday afternoon. All right. Um, Kim, uh, I guess – Playing TCU again, there's still maybe two or three teams you haven't played yet. Um, I know just the way the schedule goes, but, you know, what, what are your thoughts about playing TCU so soon again? Well, my first thought is selfish that I'll get to coach in the game. <laughs> um, you know, that was the first game that I missed in a long time, and uh, I um, look forward to, to playing them again. It is a quick turnaround. Uh, you know that they've won two of their last three, so they're playing very confident. Uh, Hurd is their leader, and I thought she and Didi in the last game really battled, and you saw two good players go at it. But, um, you know, Reagan wasn't in that game, their coach either, so I'm sure, you know, it'll be exciting for her to be able to coach in this game as well. Kim, I don't know if we, we ever actually asked you, just during that game, the TCU game, how did you kind of handle it? Where did you watch it, and what was your response? And did you throw anything at the TV, or did you yell at the TV, or what? I did watch bits and pieces. I can't just sit down and watch and just focus because it's just difficult. My personality, it's hard to, to watch that. I, I catch myself, um, you know, when I do that, I get too worked up. And so I would – leave the TV on and just uh, go do something and come back and I'd stop and watch. And, um, you know, there were, there were good moments that I stopped and watched. And then there were some not so good moments where I would um, just uh, and go and 
another room. Um, I'm, I'm not a good um, fan. I probably would be a good fan if that was all I was. But when that's your team, they're playing and um, you're not there. You just you feel helpless. So there's Kim on TCU and what they do well. And of course, she mentions Lauren Hurd, who I mean, Lauren's the best player on the team. There's no doubt about it. She's great, and um, she's their most consistent scorer. She's their best scorer, and the biggest problem for this team this year is there just hasn't really been anybody that's helped, you know, kind of carry that load, that scoring load. Nobody else um, has stepped up. Caroline Germain, the transfer, has been mainly kind of a, a true point guard. She hasn't been someone who's been dishing out assists uh, or, excuse me, scoring points. She's been more dishing out assists and running the offense. You know, Michelle Berry's been good at times. Yummy Morris has been good at times. But they haven't found that consistent number two option. Maybe that'll come as the season goes on. Should be a fun one tonight, though. Lady Bears are always great. Um, these two teams, it was competitive first half last time. Now, Mulkey mentioned in that soundbite, she did not coach in that first game. And neither did Reagan Peebley. They were both out. It was right after the Christmas break. Both teams had taken a, a, an extended Christmas break and were coming back and reconvening, and then they played in that game. And both coaches were exposed to COVID over the break, so because of COVID protocols, they could not coach. Bill Brock, who was uh, a longtime head coach of women's basketball, he actually stepped in for Baylor on that day, and then Reagan Peebley was out as well. So Peebley back, you know, we'll see how much of a difference that makes um, and, and how much of a wash it is with Mulkey being back on the sidelines as well. But that should be a good one. You know, I, I've said it before for TCU women's basketball. You're already in such a hole. I mean, you can obviously, you know, try to start climbing out of that and maybe work your way to 500. But at two and six, I think the biggest thing you're trying to find out is what works and what doesn't. What can we build on going on in next going into next season? What are some things that uh, we can start seeing as as you know foundational pieces? That will be big for this team next year because this was a good basketball team in, uh, in, in 2019 and 2020. And then this year, it's, it's just been tough. It hasn't come together. They've struggled all year long. But obviously, like Coach Peebley, she's put this group in the postseason every year that she's been there. Now, it's been in the NIT. Last year, it would have been in the NCAA tournament if the NCAA tournament didn't get canceled before it started. But – this is this has been a setback of a year, and there are a lot of reasons why they lost a number of players. COVID nineteen uh, sort of wreaked havoc on the season as well. But you want to bounce back in a big way next season because if you're going to be a program that's going to make some noise moving forward, you have to have some consistency and some resiliency. And I know the frogs will work on that. So Baylor TCU tonight at seven o'clock. Please uh, tune into that if you can. I'll have a recap for you on Wednesday's pod. Coming up next, we'll hit a few more sorted notes. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. But before we do that, let's talk about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, it's the best place to get auto parts. And one thing that's great about RockAuto.com, it's great for experts, you know, do-it-yourselfers and mechanics who um, actually do really good work on cars and fix them. It's also great for me who don't know people that don't know anything about vehicles. And, you know, today with all the makes and models that are out there, finding car parts and auto parts can be uh, overwhelming. It doesn't have to be. RockAuto.com is a locally owned family business. They've been serving customers for over 30 years. They have reliable low prices. 
They compare makes and models. They compare manufacturers. So you understand what you're buying. You understand what you need. It simplifies it for you. RockAuto.com. Um, they have a how did you hear about us section. Make sure when you go there, click on Locked On Podcast. Again, that's RockAuto.com. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. About a week and a half ago, I got a shipment of Built Bars. And, man, I love these. I love eating some, especially in the morning. German chocolate cake is one of my favorite flavors, but they also have peanut butter. They have cookies and cream. They have lemon almond cheesecake. Built Bar is delicious. It's the most delicious protein bar on the market. It's also good for you. 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of fat. Built Bar, it's good fuel for your body. It'll get you bulked up. It'll give you energy. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 20% off your next order. So if you say, oh, I don't really know about that. I'm not really a protein bar person. Just give it a try. Give it a try. Um, go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON and try it today. BuiltBar.com. Again, that promo code is LOCKEDON. Final segment here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Steven Simcox here with you. And I uh, appreciate you joining the show today. Um, don't forget, you can always subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Uh, you can also find the show on TuneIn. Discovered that recently. And I uh, appreciate you if you listen on TuneIn or if you want to try it out. TuneIn is a good app as well. But if you subscribe, what happens is the, the podcast gets sent directly to your phone. So as soon as I post it, which I try to post these at midnight each day, uh, it, it goes to your phone. You can use it. You can listen to it whenever and wherever. Again, just subscribe. It goes directly to your phone. You can listen to it on your morning commute, on your way to the gym, um, on your way home from work, whatever it might be, wherever you want to do it. it. It's there. It's convenient for you. Subscribe on Apple. Rate and review me on Apple as well. And if you want to chime in on the show, if you have a comment about what I've been talking about, what I've been saying, what you want to hear more, you can find the show at Locked On TCU. And you can find me at Simcox Steven. My personal account is at Simcox Steven. And the show account is at Locked On TCU. So let's talk some uh, TCU basketball. And then we'll close the show with just sort of a general college football thought and college football question moving forward. So, first on the basketball front, I told you uh, the TCU men are going to get back in action. They're going to play Kansas on Thursday night. So the team is back on the floor. They're back practicing again, which is good news. Hope everyone has recovered well and recovered quickly from that bout with COVID-19. And, uh, yeah, things don't get easy, unfortunately, for TCU basketball. They play Kansas on Thursday at 7. KU's number 15 in the nation. Then they play Missouri on Saturday afternoon. Missouri's number 12 in the nation. And then you play Oklahoma State on Wednesday, February 3rd. Oklahoma State's not ranked, but they're very talented. Cade Cunningham's a heck of a player. TCU did beat them on the road earlier this season. Oh, and then, by the way, you get Baylor after that. So, Big 12 basketball, uh, it's the best league in the nation. And for a, a young team like TCU that's sort of finding themselves and is having a, a rough season, um, there's just not really many bounce-back games. There's not many games on the schedule that you look at and you say, hey, uh, this, is, this is one we can get. This is one we can kind of get right, get our feet under us, get back into a good rhythm. Um, it just doesn't happen. It's just the perils of playing in the Big 12. But good to have TCU basketball back on the floor and looking forward to their game on the road against Kansas on Thursday and hoping they put together a much better effort than they did down the stretch there before they got shut down with uh, with the illness because 
It was a rough three-game losing streak punctuated by just an embarrassing loss to Oklahoma. Hope Jamie Dixon and company figured some things out um, during the, the quarantine period, during the time away, and can start implementing that starting on Thursday night. Wanted to talk, though, about something going on in college football. And the reason I got on this topic today was because I told you in segment one, Austin Myers, who uh, was offensive lineman for TCU, he is in the transfer portal. And, I mean, hey, that's fine. You know, he, he definitely has that right. But Austin was somebody who, you know, started five games for this team last year. And he's looking for greener pastures or is at least, you know, testing the waters and seeing um, it, it, how much interest there is in, uh, in his services elsewhere, which is, uh, which is a blow to TCU. It's a blow to TCU's depth. And it's it's a concerning trend as they've had four offensive linemen into the transfer portal. But what I was getting at here is this is going to be an offseason like no other because we're basically watching the beginning of free agency in college football. And, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm fundamentally okay with it. I, I am always pro-player, or as much as I can be, I try to be pro-player. I try to empathize and understand the decision-making of the labor and not the management. And I'm okay with, you know, the the possibility of this one-time transfer rule that hasn't been approved by the NCAA yet, but that would allow someone to transfer one time without a penalty, and then after that, if they want to move schools again, they'd have to sit out. But it sort of gives you a chance to, uh, you know, get a fresh start, restart, refresh, whatever it might be, and you can do it and, and still keep your eligibility. And I'm okay with that. But I'm just not sure where where all these people are going to find spots because the transfer portal is adding names every single day. There's 15 former players on the TCU roster or that were on the TCU roster last season that are in the transfer portal. 15 players. And, I mean, they're all coming from a Power 5 school. I imagine some of them will find spots. Some of them played a lot. I mean... T.J. Storm and Austin Myers are experienced transfers. They played a lot of games. You know, I think you could even say that about Kelton Hollins. But some of these players didn't play a lot, and the reason they're moving is because they didn't see playing time. But the issue is, with this extra year of eligibility, there's going to be a lot of people coming back. Also, a lot of people on the move. So, I'm just afraid that we might look up in August and there will be a lot of players that tested the transfer portal and didn't get what they wanted. They didn't find a new destination because they couldn't find a place where they were going to start. They couldn't find a place where they were going to get guaranteed playing time because there's so much competition everywhere because of the sex year of eligibility. It's just going to be a fascinating offseason. And I wonder when that bubble bursts and when we start to see maybe guys go back to where they were you know, you can you can look in the transfer portal and then come back if you need to. It, it's just going to be an interesting development with the transfer portal and what could come next, and I, I, I'll keep you updated on that as we go through the offseason. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. Tomorrow we'll have a recap of TCU women versus Baylor and more. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.